0: Good physics day everyone! I need to admit an obsession. I love to hike mountains. I really, really love it. Uh, At this point in my life, it's become my favorite activity. I grew up about an hour away from an access point to the Appalachian Trail in southeast Pennsylvania. But you know what? I didn't go on my first hike until I was 26. There weren't any hikers in my family. So it wasn't until I arrived in grad school at the University of Connecticut that I was introduced to the joy and wonder of walking uphill through the woods and emerging at a stunning vista looking down from the heights to the valleys below and the ridges and hills in the distance. My first hike was a modest one, Double Top Mountain in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, but it absolutely hooked me. The other day I climbed a pair of medium mountains in the southern Adirondacks, a comfy 10 miles of hiking on the day. It was my 25th hike of the year, this after 22 last year and 27 back in 2017. Yeah, I've got a spreadsheet with all of my hikes on it. Since 2006, I've gone on 182 hikes, where the criteria for it to count is an elevation gain of at least a thousand feet. Actually, the criteria is 980 feet, since that's the elevation gain of Mount Willard in New Hampshire, where I happened to propose to my wife. I've maxed out at 21 miles and 5,400 feet of elevation gain in one day. And that was exhausting. I've been exploring everywhere in the Northeast, uh, the White Mountains of New Hampshire and the high peaks of Maine while I worked at the University of New England, and now the Adirondacks and Catskills of New York and a few forays into the Green Mountains of Vermont while at Hamilton College. But along with the miles comes a little discomfort. As I started to pile more hikes into a year, all while piling a few more years onto my life, uh, my knees started to have something to say to me. Right around that time, my good friend Jake Barnett, who joins me on some of my hikes and who now actually runs up and down mountains, the crazy man, uh, introduced me to trekking poles. I was a bit dismissive at first. I'm a fit young-ish man, I thought. I don't need poles. But he offered to let me use his for a little bit on a hike, so I tried. And I don't know, they didn't really jump out as anything special. I handed them back and was by no means immediately transformed. A few months later, he gave his old twist-lock lakey poles to me and Lena since he was upgrading. Slowly I started to take them on my hikes and I'd occasionally pull them out on a long downhill slog that was wearing me out. And then Lena bought me my own set of poles two years ago for Christmas. I started to use them more often for balance across muddy trails and stream crossings to help out my knees on long descents. Now as the Adirondacks demand more 15 plus mile hikes from me, the poles are a mainstay. They stay out for half of my hike, maybe more. And now the last few hikes I've done, I'm beginning to explore having the poles in hand for almost the entire hike. Sometimes, actually quite a bit, as I'm using the poles, I think about the physics, how the material bends, how they provide balance and redistribute the force, how pushing my hand into the pole drives my foot into the ground, increasing the ground reaction force, AKA the normal force, and thereby increasing my friction force on a slippery surface. And I thought this would make a great episode of Physics Alive. Not an episode about teaching methods, but an episode that could be used by teachers in the classroom. An episode that students could listen to or a teacher could reference while teaching mechanics. An interesting application that goes beyond the usual scenarios in a textbook, bringing practical physics to life. Physics that students might actually use in their life if they are into hiking. It reminded me of one of the reasons I originally started the podcast, to bring physics alive in the classroom, making it relevant and exciting for students. So, let's talk about the physics of trekking poles. Welcome to Physics Alive. I'm Brad Moser, and I want to help fellow educators spark new life into the physics classroom. Each episode, I'll draw inspiration from teachers, researchers, and science communicators. I hope you enjoy. Since my first pair of poles was from the US company Lakey, I decided to reach out to them and see if anyone would be willing to talk to me about the physics of trekking poles. And they put me in touch with Lindy. So today I'm speaking with Lindy Smith, an individual who wears many hats, or maybe I should change that to an individual who carries many poles. She is a certified personal trainer and an active aging group exercise instructor at Lee Health in Fort Myers, Florida. In years past she was a marketing manager and director for lakey usa a company dedicated to producing high quality poles and gloves for skiing hiking and walking she also had her own business walk with lindy where she provided instruction sold and rented lakey poles and ran corporate wellness outings in short she's a nordic and trekking pole expert who knows a lot about healthy ways to get outside and get on your feet and possibly unbeknownst to her she knows a lot of physics so today I'm going to drag that physics knowledge out of her. Lindy, welcome to Physics Alive, and thank you so much for speaking with me today.
1: I'm taking a deep breath. I'm so (laughs) giddy over physics, thanks to you. If I would have had a teacher like you in high school in 1970, and I don't know her name, but I hope she's listening right now, because (laughs) who would ever thought that somebody that flunked physics would be so excited about physics? You must be such a great teacher in the classroom. I'd love to see it because i've listened to your podcasts you are so passionate about physics and since our introduction to each other and we've been you know emailing a few times just to see if this would be a good topic um i have been noticing physics all huh. around me it really is physics alive it really is
0: that's awesome no that's I, I always so happy. i always say to my, my students if i can just make it so that, like that you think of physics when you normally wouldn't have thought of physics and you question the world and ponder about it a little bit more. That, you know, a lot of my job has been done and I feel pretty good about that.
1: <laughs> I I've been listening to your podcasts in the car as I drive around. And one of the podcasts just blew me away. I actually pulled over like I do on uh, fresh air or any of those this Saturday when I'm driving around. And it was the step up podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was just I mean, the outdoor industry that you and I are going to talk about is waiting for people with a physics background and degree. And Mm. that's what exactly what they were talking about. What do you do with your physics degree? Mm, So this is really, really
0: fun. Mm -hmm. So let's find out a little bit about your connection to to physics here. So you have a passion for the biomechanics of movement and for encouraging and teaching people to use poles for hiking, exercise, balance, stability, skiing, and walking. Can you share a little bit about what led you down this path and how your career has evolved over time?
1: Yes. Um, Okay. It starts with Girl Scouts. Just simple enough. Girl Scouts got me into the woods, you know, suburban girl uh never went on vacation in the woods it took girl scouts to get me passionate about uh, being a good uh, steward of the earth and we went hiking and um we made our own gear uh a lot mm. of times and uh, the girl scouts really set me on the path for caring about the environment and then getting out in it when i had my own kids uh we always went hiking and camping and we that's how I I know, again, that physics is in the outdoor equipment, because we knew when our tent would break, or things Mm -hmm. would not mechanically work, that it was bad physics, right? So um, move on to when I worked retail, as the camping specialist in a large box retail store, and people used to come in and ask for certain items that were on their list that was given to them by an outing company, you know, or a you know, they were planning a trip and I was passionate about the poles because I had used hiking Mm -hmm. poles before. Mm -hmm. And that's how I came into being connected with Lakey and learning more and more about the biomechanics of the body and the hiking pole in connection with that.
0: Then what did you, so you worked, worked with the company Lucky for a bit and you were uh, basically, you know, starting to to demonstrate the functionality of these polls and uh, how they could be used properly, what all the great features are, and um, but then it seems like you you kind of moved on from that as well. That you went on to to start your own your own company, and now you're you're getting into the, and then after that you've you've gotten into a lot of uh, exercise for folks. Can you say a little bit about that as well?
1: Uh, I met the vice president of Lakey, and he, and by the way, it's Lakey.
0: Lakey. It's L-E-K-I,
1: okay. yeah, Lakey, uh-huh. like Great Lakes. Um, it's um, sort of like the German way of putting the first name and the town together, Lenhart and Kirkheim, Germany. So, it's ah, Lakey. Okay. Yeah, that was one of the first things that I always told customers when I worked mm-hmm. retails, you know, telling them the name. But um, when I started with Lakey, the logo and the branding it was a mountain goat standing on this little edge, and... The you know tagline was four legs good, two legs bad, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you can Google that and see where that came from. <laughs> but um, when you picture a mountain goat, you know, on the ledge, and you picture you know how it has to use all four of its feet to get up that mountain ledge and stand on such a you know narrow and dangerous place, you know, and how they hop up effortlessly, Um, it was a good visual image. And when I started with Lakey in the year 2000, they were phasing that out. But I still say Mm -hmm. that was one of the best campaigns ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that's exactly what trekking poles will do for you, is that they will help you uh, on your hike, as you uh, ascend or descend, by, by giving you the two extra points of support and biomechanically. That's very important, especially for backpackers or people like me who have a day pack that I might as well just stay overnight because everything's in it and it's Mm -hmm. heavy, (laughs) (laughs) you're laughing. I know because you go in the mountains a lot. Uh
0: Yeah. So let's then get into. Uh, the variety of activities that we can we can use poles for so you know skiing hiking and uh just walking in general are all activities uh, but i want to focus on trekking poles today as that's you know something that we would use while hiking up and down a mountain because this is a very personal interest of mine as hiking in the adirondack mountains and the catskills and other mountains of the northeast uh when i can get out to them is one of my absolute favorite things to do and i think there are two major ways that physics comes into play with poles there's the biomechanics of the human body and then there is the structure and design of the poles themselves and uh, i'd like to start with a biomechanics piece since that i think motivates our use of poles so why would we want to use poles Wh- what are the biomechanical benefits
1: okay i'm going to say one word it's going to change your life right now
0: oh okay Pas- pasture pasture yeah
1: did you just sit up? Did I just—I just, like, think I just sat in? up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw you. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that, yeah, that's what it boils down to, really. Um, personally, when I would be backpacking before I started using poles, my shoulders were rounded. I usually had my thumbs and those thumb thumb loop uh, straps, and looking mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, no wonder I had some upper back soreness and my low back from you know and my knees were bothering me. And then when I started using poles, personally, I realized that every time I put that pole down in front of me in oppositional way, you know, a bilateral oppositional way, I I had two points of contact on the ground, as my other foot was coming up and around step down, I was always ambulating forward with an upright posture after that. Mm -hmm. And I was able to and this is very important as a personal trainer. I can tell you the visual input is very important to our proprioception where we are in space. So mechanically, not only is it sort of adjusting your posture and giving you some support so that you don't have to round yourself to keep your backpack or even if you have a day pack or even no pack or maybe a kid on the back and one of those okay. kid carriers. <laughs> um, that's the best. That's the best is watching. um an adult with a kid on the back, you know, using the pulse, that's the best that'll save you, um, you know, big soreness, but the the biomechanics of reaching forward with a 90 degree bend in the elbow, and just planting it down, and self correcting your posture, um, adjust your hips, which, you know, feeds back to the knees, and of course, the ankles and the feet. And if you're going on a you know, a two mile hike or a 10 mile hike, we all need that support. Yeah. So the mechanics of the body is connected to the poles, the mechanics of biomechanics of the pole anatomy is structured so that at the right height and with the right uh, gripping area, which some people call the handle, um, you actually offload some of your energy you know some of your stress on your joints into
0: mm-hmm. the pole, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, I'm just thinking because you know a number of years ago I got into yoga, and basically mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 phrase asana in yoga is posture. So it you know the, the the posture, the way we carry our body, is such an important part of keeping the body healthy. So. Uh, of course, I shouldn't be surprised that you come up with posture as sort of the number one. And yet, it, you know, it's not. I was reading lots of different little articles online about you know this benefit and that benefit, but it they they never sort of simplified it to it's like it's it's all about posture. It's about getting the proper posture, and that's and that can put everything else in the right alignment to to be healthy.
1: Mm-hmm. And I work with not so active older adults too. So if you even remove the pulse from the mountains, the hikes, the ascent, ascending and descending, and you maybe take somebody who used to love that, but now has had a knee replacement or hip replacements, or maybe Parkinson's or whatever. I don't want to leave this precious population out because they can still use their poles Mm -hmm. and still walk on a grassy area without worrying about falling. Grass is a real um, problem for people with balance disorders and mobility issues. So I love to Mm -hmm. see when people take their hiking poles and they use them on the flat. Mm -hmm. And I've had many, many of my clients even uh, get comfortable walking through their house or to the mailbox using a pair of poles that I brought to our training session. Hmm.
0: Okay. I'm gonna guess that some of the, or a lot of the benefit we derive from using poles is dependent on how well we use them. And, Mm So I, I want to get into the, the topic a little bit of what is proper technique? What should I be paying attention to in, in common situations? Should I use one pole or should I use two? It's like, what's the proper length? And I know that changes as you're going uphill or, or downhill. hill. So I'm, I'm curious kind of what some of your uh, teachings are on how do we use these the right way so that we're not actually making it a worse case for ourselves?
1: <laughs> well, okay. So the first thing that I can suggest is don't overthink it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> don't overthink it.
0: Oh, come on. I'm a, I'm a PhD physicist. That's what I get paid to do. I, overthink everything. <laughs> I,
1: I know. I know. But if, if you put uh, a pair of poles, um, in the, in the hands of a kid, they're just going to naturally take mm. off using them, uh, mm-hmm. bilaterally one step, one, um, the oppositional hand, you know, guiding the pole forward. They don't think about it. Um, you can ask somebody to walk and they swing their arms just fine, you hand them a pair of poles, and they're like, Oh, 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 oh." (laughs) so my guess is that, you know, if I could say one thing, it's don't overthink it, you put the straps on to help you um, not grip pulls so tightly Mm -hmm. that tension goes into your um, arms and into your shoulders. So it's a matter of just slipping into the straps the right way, which I can show you, you're going to love it. It has something to do with physics. (laughs) (laughs) I think with force and stuff like that, Um, you can fill me in. But um, so loosely holding on to the gripping area, the grip, we call it. Mm -hmm. And then just starting to walk and for hiking 90 degree bend in the elbow is usually comfortable for everybody Mm -hmm. um if anything maybe the wrist maybe an inch lower than the elbow sometimes it depends because you know um i've seen people my height five one and they have long poles and then i've seen people like you know five nine that have short poles it's the torso and the leg length. And mm. so that's why I don't mm. like to really get into this is how I just like to start with the elbow, right? Okay, as a as a starting point, and you get comfortable. And you're right going up, rock scrambling, jumping over tree roots. Oh, I could be there right now. You make me jealous, <laughs> Adirondacks. Um, you want to shorten the pole because you don't want your shoulder To be, even though the shoulder is meant to do this, you know, to go, to do this action forward and back and in a long lever, short lever, you don't want to keep hyper extending anything, your upper back, reaching too far with your shoulder and putting a lot of weight on that shoulder mechanism. So you shorten them to go up and you take maybe smaller steps and then you Mm -hmm. lengthen them to go down so that you have a braking system.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So you put them out in front of you. And really, it's as simple as that. I've seen people be very comfortable with putting a pole down, walking a couple steps, putting the next pole down. Is that optimal? No, but it's their method and their rhythm.
0: I I think of when I started using poles and um, I'm slowly evolving over time to, it's like it used to be, I would pull out the poles halfway down the mountain. It's like, oh, I'm getting tired. I'm going to use them. Now I pull, then I would pull them out at the top of the mountain. Like, okay, I'm ready to go down. And the last, this last hike, I said, I'm going to pull them out when I get out of my car and start the hike. And, uh, I, I got down after the hike was done and it felt like I hadn't even hiked yet. Like my body was feeling very good. And I don't, I think some of the most fun sometimes is when you get, you know, just sort of a little bit of a downhill and then you start kind of start jogging with the poles and like you plant both and you can do a little vault over something. And now I'm going to hurt myself one of these days, but it's like that can be so much fun. It's just like, you're just kind of flying down the mountain.
1: Now I put that mountain goat image in your head. Um, but really, <laughs> if you think about being a mountain goat, you know, your your eyes, your ears, all of your senses are taking in that split second decision, mm-hmm. where to put your foot. And chances are, you know, if you're going downhill and you're using your poles and you're supporting yourself and let's say you're rock hopping or, you know, it's a, a treacherous uh, baby, you know, with some gravelly um, beneath your feet, you you can actually, you know, put the brakes on and have that time to connect your eyes and, and your senses together. Like, how do I get down safely? And it becomes so natural after a while, like you watch a spider, you know, and it just knows where it's next little leg is going to go. Yeah. And as far as wait, I'm going to just go back to one pole mm-hmm, or two. Mm-hmm. With one pole, most often what I see with one pole or a hiking stick, you know, that people are drawn to wooden sticks that they get in a souvenir shop, or mm-hmm, they, yeah. you know, pick one up in the woods. But think about this, you know, like riding a bike, kayaking, canoeing, These are things that are done on both sides to keep you even, right? You can't, Mm -hmm. you can pedal with one leg if you want to, but (laughs) I'm pretty sure, you know, there's a, a bike for that. But if you think about it that way, I'm pretty sure you can bring some physics into this. It just makes more sense to be balanced and bilateral because again, the shoulder I'm trying to save one shoulder at a time with a hiking stick. Not only is it heavier than a pole, but people put it way out in front of them. Walk, 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 swing the stick, put it out. Walk, 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 walk. You can picture it in your mind as being not good for the shoulder, not good for the environment and mm-hmm. um, not good for the other shoulder. That's just hanging out. Like, where's, where's my joy that I get to participate mm-hmm. in this?
0: <laughs> you don't want to make your shoulder but, jealous. No, that's not No, good.
1: <laughs> no, no. Too two poles is my, is my uh, suggestion.
0: Uh, I, and I actually had one of my next questions was going to be all about, you know, the learning curve of using a pole. And, you know, I, I think you basically answered it and I've answered it in my own mind now that it's like, don't overthink it. And that there is, I think there is a level of practice you need with it. I know the first couple of times I used poles, I, I found myself always thinking about, it's like, oh, it's like, I have extra limbs here. I have to figure out how to put those <laughs> down on the ground and, ah, Uh, It takes too much mental power, but at this point, it, it doesn't take any more mental power than figuring out like where I would plant my step going downhill on some loose gravel. It's like, where's the best place to put that. And Uh now it's like in another split second for where's the best place to put my pole so that I, I now have multiple points of support to help me not slip.
1: Um, But the more you use the poles, the more it becomes integrated into mm -hmm. your body system. It's good mm-hmm. feedback. As soon as you get used to that feedback
2: you yeah, know, through yeah. your
1: hand, into your arm, into your structure, it, it really helps. But here's another hint. Um, I had a gentleman that was concerned like you, and this was at a demo. I was with Lakey and he told me, you know, oh, I'm just too clumsy or you know, all that negative self-talk, why right. he's not using pulse. And I said, let me ask you, were you in the service? And he said, uh, yes, I was. I said, okay here are pear poles. Can you sing me one of your March songs? And it was like, da, 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 da. You know, one of mm-hmm. those yeah. da, da, sound off. And he took off. He took uh-huh. off singing that March song, planting a pole. Da, 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 da. So I suggest to people that you either sing a song that has a good beat, like, hoo, 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 staying alive, staying alive, mm-hmm. you know, anything <laughs> with that kind of a, um, and, uh, or count, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Or you could do math problems. You'd probably love to do math problems, like you know, I'm count by sevens. I'm trying to, get, a, I'm trying to get away by, from
0: that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what I'm saying is, the minute your brain starts um, running that in the background you're mm-hmm. remembering words. This is a very good uh, neuroplasticity as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, The minute you start running something in this hard drive, the arms and the legs and everything else just kicks in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just really a good tool.
0: Right. Yeah. And then it becomes all about the, the muscle memory, you know, once, yes. right. You said, once you get that, once the body gets that feedback and, it 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 all sort of comes together, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I kind of bring that up because I I felt a little discouraged the first couple of times using polls, but I was uh, I was I was dogged about continuing to use them uh, because I you know my my researcher side had looked into that the the physics aspects of it, and I felt it's like these are good for me, so I I want to keep doing it. And so um, you know, as a, a sort of a a cue for folks to, it's like if it seems hard the first couple of times, like we just have to get through that. Uh, i probably have to tell that to my students in physics too if it seems hard yes uh, (laughs) well he's got to work and get through that (laughs) can i
1: tell you a very quick anecdote about this man i I don't know if anybody out there is familiar with the big store rei um Mm -hmm. it's throughout the country and they they sell excellent camping equipment and lakey is in there and i did a demo a demo at uh, big bear in California, this ski resort, it was going straight up. And my demo was having individuals from REI who sell camping gear, go up the, the, the ski hill, um, and then come down without poles. Mm-hmm. And then I handed them poles and I adjusted them a little bit shorter cause we're going, what we're going up. And at the top, I met them. And I said, what was that like? And they gave me such amazing feedback. Hmm. except this this one guy he walked up without the poles. Then we went down, we lengthened them, went down, and at the bottom everybody's raving out about their knees didn't hurt and you know, they felt the power and he didn't use them. I said, "Can I ask you what, you know, what your what your feelings are about poles?" He goes, "Well, you know, I've been hiking for 60 years and uh, I I don't sell poles." And I said, "Come over here for a minute." I brought him over to a picnic table and I said, "Everybody gather around." I asked him for his name. Let's just say it's George. I said, George, go up and down this picnic table. And he did. And of course, the first step up, you know, where you put your your butt, he put his hand on his knee and he boosted himself Mm -hmm. up, stood Mm -hmm. up on the picnic table. And then he put his hand on his knee and he stepped down off the other seat.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
1: said, huh? Okay. Now, here's a pair of poles, George. I want you to use them. I'm not going to give you any instruction. Go up and over this picnic table. He instinctively put the the poles on the on the seat and went up like a ballet dancer. Slow, no hands on the knees. Went put the put the poles down on the other seat and lowered himself down slowly. And everybody started clapping. They said, <laughs> you, "You got it, George. You finally got it," because he was using you know obviously using his hand on his knee to get himself up and over. Well, you know you with the poles, they automatically help you slow it down Mm, and they give you the support so that you have more control. And as soon as he went up and over that picnic table, he said, I'll be selling these
0: poles. (laughs) I I was just thinking the fact that he put his hand on his knee meant his body was already telling him, it's like, I want my hands to go somewhere to help me do this. And, And now you put the poles in your hands and now you've got that tool to help you do that.
1: Right. And so you, you can't start too young.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I say, if you're young and you say, my knees are fine. Well, guess what? You still can use these poles and they'll, they're going to keep being fine when you're George's age. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my, my son who's three and a half, he's already, already loves the idea of hiking poles. Um, the, the only trouble is it really slows down our, our ascent because he loves the mechanism of opening and closing <laughs> and lengthening and shortening so much that we, we don't get very far.
1: <laughs> you know, that whole thing with the adjustment, you know, we haven't even talked about the, you know, the locking system yet, but that's an amazing thing that you let them go
0: hang out with you and experiment with. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's get into the the structure of the poles themselves a bit, you know, the physics of the materials and mechanisms themselves, you know, whichever parts that, that you, that you feel good talking about. Uh, So each part of the pole is very intentionally designed kind of morphing over the decades of use, I'm sure with feedback and redesign. Uh, So could you give our listeners a grand tour of pole anatomy?
1: Well, sure. I mean, Lakey has been around since 1948 and throughout the years, it went from like bamboo poles to 7075 aluminum. And, you know, the aircraft aluminum, the alloy in it, you know, you can you can do your own research on this, but I'm going to just demonstrate for you. And we can describe uh, to the people that are just listening in their car Um, with aluminum at 7075. It bends. So it bends, it has a mm-hmm. give to it instead of, it'll bend, let's say you get caught in between two rocks or a tree root, it will bend before it really snaps, you have mm-hmm. to go pretty far with this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. one of the demonstrations that I can do um, when I'm standing in front of people, and if, and if our listeners can just picture this, I'm extending a pole right here. And I'm going to show you, Dr. Brad, I'm going to try to put this on my chair. But do you see this, what oh, I'm I can, doing? I
0: can see it flexing now, yeah. Can you
1: describe it, what it, what it's doing in a like a scientific physics? I'm holding, you can tell I'm holding it. I call. want to say,
0: it, it looks, to me, it looks like there's a standing wave that you're generating, a first harmonic standing okay. wave. So yeah, vibrating back and forth. Uh, okay. and it has a little, so, a little oscillation yeah. to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it does have that property, which is amazing. And of course, um, you want that in a pole, because if you, Dr. Brad, are in the woods, hiking your 10 miles, and let's say you do fall, or you accidentally run over your poles, like we used to have people call customer service and say, "Um, I ran over my pole, and I snapped it in half, (laughs) Uh but it will bend before it snaps, and then you can just bend it back is mm. my point you can bend mm. it back and continue on with your hike. now it might not close all the way because it will be bent mm. but yeah yeah customer service can fix that for you so that's the first feature is the aluminum is whatever you said it was doing mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um do you have your poles in front of you? I do. Uh, yes. Yeah. Nearby? I got here. Yeah. 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 So just stand it up like this and I'm going to try to be as descriptive as possible for our listeners.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hope traffic is going very well for you out there. If you're listening in the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Now put your hand on top of the grip. That's what I call the grip. Does that feel like you're holding an egg? Uh,
0: it kind, kind of stare. does. Yeah. Yeah. I've, i felt other poles that don't feel like that, but this one definitely has sort of that rounded. Distort. Right. Mm.
1: Right. And that's for a reason, because now let's just say you're hiking downhill and you don't want to take the time to extend the pole. You can palm it. Oh, you right. Put it, it out in front to... of mm-hmm. you, like just do this and put it out in front of you. And you'll see that you can rest your hand on it and it's very mm-hmm. comfortable. Okay. So now moving down to the strap, Here's a real good. Um, I've got a click for you. Okay, I just love noises, and this this <laughs> strap has a click. I I don't know if yours does, but take the strap, the top of I the strap. Those. There you go. Now pull up on it.
0: Oh, look at
1: that! Did it click? It I did. heard it. Yes. Now take your hand in the strap, and you can adjust your strap by pulling on it, or if you want to shorten it, you pull on this, and whatever you call this, you know, on the inside is adjusting. And then wherever you are, you just push the strap down.
0: Pull down, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a much and less s- annoying mechanism than the last poles I had, where you had to like pull this little plastic piece out, and then, but every time you were trying to change the length, it would just pull it closed again. And this, exactly. I, I like. I like this much better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is German engineering. That's why it's a German company. <laughs>
0: <Yep>. <laughs> so
1: if you think you overthink uh, physics and math, they, they just really over overthink design, <laughs> think of their cars. So now, um, now that you have the length that you want, now I'm going to ask you to look for this teardrop in the mm-hmm. strap. And for our listeners, uh, you can look at the strap and you'll see that it makes a teardrop most people i see go in through the top
2: which Mm. doesn't
1: help you right it doesn't help you you hold on to the grip so we're going to go in through the bottom
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and then just shake hands now you'll see that this supports your hand you can actually let go of the gripping area and open your Mm -hmm. fingers
0: right yeah and it's still and you still got it and you can put a lot of you can put a lot of weight on that
1: right exactly so that again body mechanics comes into play you're not really just using your shoulder. As a shock absorber you know you're just letting your body be fluid and help you hike now the grip area it doesn't go straight up and down it's got a positive angle and i'm going to show you why i'm going to stand up mm. here uh, i'm going to try to describe this best i can this is neutral wrist okay it's almost okay. as if you put a, a um your your fist pinky down on a tabletop that's what it yep. looks like some hiking poles you know you have to you you'd get a wrinkle in your wrist here because uh, uh-huh. it does not keep it neutral with a positive angle look at that see my wrist is neutral
0: oh interesting okay so when you have it in- yeah so hmm.
1: you want a nice neutral wrist and what that positive angle does is help promote that so good body mechanics there um you've got your three sections with the locking mechanism now a lot of poles twist You know, Mm -hmm. I know about torque. (laughs) I know about torque, but these poles—I don't think yours does have a locking mechanism that you turn the. You have the.
0: Yeah, this 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 has has a clip. my 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 old Lakey poles are, but they were like 15 years old. I think they have the twist mechanism, which I am not as much of a fan of as these locking mechanisms. Exactly.
1: Okay, so if you notice this, there's two different places to secure that lock. And Lakey did this for a reason. There's this lock that you just click close like this. Now, why would they have a little finger screw here? Did you play with the finger screw?
0: I I haven't. It's actually really, really easy to make sure that... I mean, I know you can make it so tight that you can't even close it anymore, but...
1: If it's too tight, if you over crank it, then you won't be able to make this lever close. now does the pole so, change
0: does the pole change in different environments like colder hotter weather like it expands and that's yes. why you would even, oh i never even thought about oh you it are so variable.
1: good at this it's oh. like that's a very good point now open up and i want you to take the section apart oh i going to break up. I give you permission okay. <laughs> okay now you see that that's That's the expander inside Uh that locks Uh against that. So Uh put it back in carefully and you can see that you can actually take the poles apart and get in there with a brush, never detergent. I mean, never like any kind of lubricant or anything. Mm -hmm. And that's the locking mechanism. It's very clever, Mm -hmm. very clever. Now we're going to just continue down to, you probably got your poles delivered with this. Uh, I did. I, yeah.
0: I, it's in my trunk. Yeah. Yet. The little covering. Yeah. Or that These goes are over just the little tip.
1: protectors. But mm-hmm. I had this one guy call me and he got so frustrated. He was yelling at customer service. I was the marketing manager at the time and they put him on the phone with me and he was screaming that he couldn't get a new pair of baskets, which is this, which keeps mm-hmm. it from sinking into snow, sand, gravel. He mm-hmm. couldn't get the new basket that he bought, a snowflake basket, over the clear tip protectors. And I was laughing. I was like, oh, no wonder. So I'm going to ask you to do another fun sound here. Okay. Um, put put your hand like this above the basket. This is what we call the basket and unscrew it.
0: Okay. Oh, we can unscrew it.
1: Uh huh. Because you can change out the baskets for snow. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. So there's a little thread here at the bottom of the carbide flex tip. And you always want to hike with the baskets because okay, it does okay. keep you, yeah.
0: Yeah, you my like last post didn't have it. Uh, I definitely like having having this now because it doesn't sink into soft moss so far.
1: <laughs> yes, it's just another, okay, you get ready nope, for I just got noise. my desk
0: covered in dirt doing that. Oh, well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's authentic, <laughs> it's authentic exactly, dirt yeah. <laughs> from the White Mountains or Adirondacks, wherever it is. Adirondacks good. and
0: Catskills, a little bit of both. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're going to put this basket on like this, and then you're going to just push down on it. Do you hear the clicking? Mm. So you don't have to screw oh. it back on. Oh, Let's I, oh, I already it.
0: I already screwed it back on, but you don't have oh. to do that. Oh, okay.
1: No, you want the click. Always I jumped, go for the click. Brad. I jumped
0: ahead of the game. Oh man.
1: Yeah. But I just wanted to show you how easy it is to you know, come back on. Okay. We're on. So now go to the very, very tip. Mm-hmm. Is it concave or convex?
0: Oh, it looks like it's concave.
1: Okay. Here's another uh, geeky thing. Mm -hmm. So the reason why it's concave is that no matter where you put your pole, let's say on the rock or, you know, wherever, it's going to have a gripping surface. It's Mm -hmm. always going to grip. If it came to a point and you put it down in front of you or you put it in bed, it might slip.
0: It might slide. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and feel that. That's carbide. And this uh-huh. is called a flex tip. And this also, I can't oh. do it because I'm not strong enough to do it, but this also flexes it's would, made out that, of a material that would flex before. Oh, it okay.
0: This is fantastic.
1: Well, I, I have to tell you that some of the best names in mountaineering, the alpinists uh, would call and ask me and uh, the other people that work at Lakey to get poles together for them. Did you ever hear of, uh, Eric Weinmeier. Weinmeier, He's a very, very tall guy. And I used to say, um, I'd introduce him and I'd say, Eric Weinmeier, the um, climber who happens to be blind. And he'd say, Lindy, just introduce me as the blind climber. Everybody knows me. I've climbed Everest (laughs) and I'm blind. But he's so tall and we had to like Frankenstein poles together for him. And that was a thrill of my life. Uh, We had the poles that he used to go up Everest blind. He Uh climbed Everest.
0: Wow. um, Amazing.
1: With his guide, a different Eric. And we had them on display in the office and Ed Beasters. He, he climbs all like seven summits and all the high peaks without oxygen women, adventure racers like Terry Schneider. Um, yeah. So if mountaineers and alpinists and adventure racers use poles, um, they must know that it's, it's a secret sauce. Muscles that do not move become muscles that cannot move. Mm. So mm-hmm. the poles help with that.
0: So you've talked about the the idea of the, the click lock poles, but there's also a, a twist lock type of pole. And I, I'm curious if there are just as many of those poles out there still for sale or, you know, if somebody has, a, a, you know, an older model, you know, what to expect from that.
1: Right, right. Well, they might be for sale. If you um, shop you know, played against sports or, you you know, you hmm. go into a, gar- a garage sale and there's a pair of vintage poles, most likely they are the twist lock poles. And I don't want people to think that they should just be looking for that, you know, lock that clicks over like oh, that true. because yeah. there is the, now you can go into the physics. I'm going to tell you what it does and you can <laughs> physicize this. Okay. Is that a word? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's, I would, I would use that word, okay. <laughs> whether or not it's so, a real word, I would use it. <laughs>
1: Let's just say this three-section pole that I'm holding in front of you, you know, let's say you come across this or, you know, you, you have a pair of old Makalu, some Lakey Makalu, and you wonder, you know, well, if it doesn't have something that locks it into place externally, how does it lock in the inside? So I'm going to unscrew this section. And here's a very satisfying noise, too. I know you like noises as much as I do. Listen. Did you hear I, that? I hope
0: the microphone picked that up. I'm sure it did. I, yeah. heard, I heard it loud and
1: clear. So, uh, this little plastic piece at the top of the section that I just pulled out is called an expander. And it's called an expander because let you have a bird's eye view and try to mm-hmm. describe it for anybody that's listening. As I turn it, it sort of flares open. Oh, you know? uh, so yeah, okay. yeah, it flares open. So, picture um, it is inside the section above. And when you turn this, the expander opens and it presses against the walls of the section above. I hope Mm -hmm. I'm making myself clear. It's been a while since I described that, but if you turn it righty tighty, lefty loosey, and you turn it, eventually you get to that sweet spot where you stop turning and it is locked. And it seems simple, but. It just was engineered so beautifully to do that, and yet, you know, when we were talking before, you were you were mentioned, you know, um, weather conditions, which is very, very uh, interesting that you picked up on that because humidity and cold and heat. So, with twist lock poles, eventually, you know, you you get to the point where you left them in your car, let's say, during mm-hmm. a winter snowshoe. Okay, and then you fold them up and you bring them in the house. They're going to be acting differently is there something that's going on physics wise with the, the with the aluminum I don't know what's what goes on with the you know that you uh, you you feel a difference in the locking.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, as the temperature changes your material is yeah. going to expand or contract. And right. I would imagine aluminum would be yeah, would expand pretty easily. There's mm-hmm. an equation for that mm-hmm. if we want it, but let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm so into physics now. I mean, you can, you can do that. I'll just hang out while you figure that out. Um, <laughs> Let me pull up on my person, blackboard. <laughs> yeah, you're the only person that's given me an equation for fun. Okay. <laughs> you, you actually put F U N in an equation for me. So I imagine you can do that. Yeah, I'm glad that we talked about that because some people might be looking for poles that have that external locking, but there is that inside locking system that's quite powerful and was used for a lot of years.
0: All right. I think we've I think we've covered the 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 pole anatomy and, and the biomechanics pretty well. And and I just want to I just want to kind of jump into some of your experience with, uh, the next couple of questions. Uh, I'm curious if you have any poll success stories that you can share. And I, I know you talked about, uh, our, our sooner named George. So that was one success story, but are there other yeah. people you've worked with who've been blown away or changed forever or who had significant moments with polls, uh, while walk, walking or hiking? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. I, I think that you know, when I was a marketing manager, and I got to go to events watching end users—the people that you actually put the polls in their hands—and then you listen to them. And again, I'm going to call back uh, the memories of Tessa. It was those women-only events that I did four mm-hmm. in a row, and they were at great places like Waterville Valley. Have you hiked there? You oh yes, Waterville? I have. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know how beautiful and and mountainous that is. That's beautiful. And then um, Mount Hood. During the eclipse mm. and Tahoe, and then back to Waterville Valley, and a lot of these women, they were there to experience, you know, rock climbing, uh, mountain biking, trekking, you know, mm-hmm. and doing different things in the outdoors, even yoga, and to see somebody, a woman, say, "I'm clumsy," or "I'm a klutz," you know, like negative self-talk. Mm-hmm uh pick up a pair of poles and i would start off by doing some exercises. I, I'd say let's get ready to get ready. You know, let's not just walk from your tent to where we're going to start the trailhead. Let's get ready to get ready and started um exercising with these women and they were dripping wet and they're like whoa, <laughs> whoa, I never did this before a hike. You know, no wonder I'm so sore all the time. And then mm-hmm. to see the confidence that comes, especially after you and I talked about I'll call it, you know, like that lack of confidence that you're putting the pole the right way, the cadence, you know, and what arm, what leg, Um, to see the confidence in these women, it was just amazing. And another experience that I had was um, when I worked with Wounded Warriors, and these were guys that uh, had prosthetic, uh, you know, legs, arms, and Mm, uh, traumatic brain injury. And um, to put poles in the hands of these individuals and watch what happens. To see somebody with a traumatic brain injury that couldn't walk with somebody hold, without holding them on their arm, you put mm-hmm. poles in their hands and you know the reluctance of the, the, the care partner saying, I don't know about this. And then boom, 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 off they go. I, I saw that many times. Um, yeah. So I think that underserved populations, you know that, that don't have a chance to maybe um, have gear uh, for them mm-hmm. to test. I was in a lot of those situations. So I got to see firsthand what a newbie would do.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the questions I I had was, you know, what keeps you inspired each day and and kind of feel called to do the work that you do. And that, that seems to be, that seems to be getting to it, but you know, you're, you don't work as much with, you know, uh, with Lakey and, and pull distribution. Now it's, it's more about the, um, you know, exercise for, for people and, you know, physical training. So what, you know, what kind of keeps you called in that work right now?
1: Yeah, that's a really deep question because I, I've been doing group exercise for 42 years. 42 okay. years. It's even hard for me to say. Um I I have a son who's 42 and I started teaching pre and postnatal class. Can you raise your hand.
0: Yeah, I'm 42 as well. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, well, you know, back then I'd be schlepping a toddler and a newborn and record albums, and I would play records at the YMCA in Northbrook, Illinois, and I would teach an exercise class and, you know, progress through the different decades and what has happened with, you know, all the different technology and, and how we as a, you know, peoplehood have emerged into the, um, I guess, you know, the social media, look at me, look at me. And when I'm in a class of active and not so active older adults, you know, I've been teaching for over six years in our hospital system and um, I see what is possible as people age out and what it all boils down to with the age group that I'm most involved in is community. And when, Mm. and when I get in a group of that community, my little fit family, they show up for themselves. They show up for each other. We have inside jokes and things like that. It's just an awesome feeling. Same thing with, um, you know, pole demos, you get, you get a group of people that want to experience a certain piece of gear and you go out on a hike. You will always remember that time you spent with them. Mm. So I I do, I find that that um, collection of people, and uh getting out in nature and uh it, it just really i thrive on that i thrive on that
0: well thank you for that you I, mean, I asked that question because you know a, a hope of mine for an episode like this one is that it's not just going to be physics teachers listening to it but that they'll be able to share this with their with their students in their classes and they can hear you know about an individual who's in a career where there's you know maybe they're not thinking about the physics all the time but that that physics is a piece of it and you are thinking about physics when you're thinking about biomechanics and about you know the structure of these poles so so getting them to see different career opportunities that are out there for themselves and and hear hear what it's like out there
1: can i excitedly circle back to that for a moment oh please Okay, I mentioned that I really, really uh, love that episode with the um, physics.
0: Uh, uh, step up, right? I think you were talking about. Yeah,
1: that. They, they're, they're, are they professors or I, I wasn't clear because they're part of your organization and you introduced them. Mm-hmm. But I,
0: yeah, the, the, the whole program is about uh, actually about reaching high school students, but uh, certainly college faculty as well, but it's largely focused on, on high school students.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the whole, the question that you asked them, you know, and and you kind of brought up with them is what can you do with a physics degree? And um, I can see where most high school and college and, you know, graduate students would think I can be a professor and lecture and I can go into a lab, I can do this. But I've got to tell you, after all those years of working in the outdoor industry and getting to know some of the uh, shoe, the hiking boot manufacturers, for instance, they shoe designers. Holy cow. You know, mm-hmm. if anybody has a good pair of um, hiking or approach shoes with speed laces, uh, that's physics to me. Uh, you have me putting on those physics glasses, everything mm-hmm. I do now, but I'm thinking about backpacks. I'm thinking about tents. I'm thinking about everything that people would do in the outdoor world started with a designer saying, let's make it lighter. Let's mm-hmm. make it easier. Let's make it Whatever, and maybe they're good with putting it in a CAD drawing as a designer. But to be a, you know, hire a a, somebody with a physics background to guide the product development—that just makes me like giddy.
0: And that's yeah. a chance to be part of the outdoor world, which seems all too rare with physics. Usually, we're mm-hmm. usually they put us in the basement of buildings because <laughs> the experiments often have to be vibration free. Yeah. But there's no right. windows. I mean, it's the re, it's the exact opposite, which is why I what I need to escape and go on my hikes, <laughs> get out of the basement.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask you, um, what do you think about your backpack? Do you just throw it on your over your shoulders, or do you think about Wow, uh, the load distribution. And tell me about your backpack.
0: Well, I, I've been introduced to the, the gear world. Uh, my my wife, when she was in uh, undergraduate or graduate school, maybe both, she worked at uh, an EMS, uh, Eastern Mountain Sports. So yeah. she would often, you know, be you know helping clients get into gear so she was she's been very excitedly sharing what she's known with me and she's helped me fit into into the best backpack and I I really am amazed by the technology of like all the little bells and whistles everything that they're thinking of it's like where am I going to put this oh here's a spot for it it's like they thought of that
1: (laughs) right Right.
0: And just, and just the way it fits Uh, and, and, you know, getting the load on the hips. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of physics there about, you know, don't put the the load on the back, you know, get as much of the load on the hips as possible uh, to help balance yourself better and to not Mm -hmm. cause strain. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I really feel as if um, the world is open to physics enthusiasts, you know, that graduate with a degree and wonder what they can do. You know the technology has advanced so much, and and I believe that it's open to them. So yeah, good. Maybe we can inspire some people to move forward in that direction.
0: So if an, if a listener is interested in giving polls a try, where where should they get started? What should they be looking for given the activity they have in mind? Whether it's just generally walking on local trails, or if, or if they do some mountain hiking and, and want something, what what might they be looking for?
1: Uh yeah. So you can you know, poke around on the, the Google machine and, um, well, prices go from
0: $20 to almost 200. So, you know, what's the difference?
1: (laughs) Well, with Lakey, I can tell you that it is, uh, you know, it's a German company, so it's German engineered and they're not made in China. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. when you see a pair of poles for 149.95 or $200 for carbon, it's that they were made in the Czech Republic. So they're not made in China. And, and, you know, yeah, we don't have any poll companies that make them in the United States that I'm aware of. Maybe I'm Mm. I'm wrong about that, but I I don't believe we do. And um, that's the first thing. If you're, if you're guided more like price point and you have sticker shock, well then just know that it's, a German company and they're made in Europe. And then if you're not price point conscious, but you look at materials, you know, start with Lakey, lakey lakey.com. It's L-E-K-I.com. Whatever your activity is, you can find price point and features. And down here in Florida, I absolutely have to have cork. Um, oh, gets too yeah, hot. Otherwise, <laughs> for, for hiking, yeah, our big altitude. You know, I might find a little hill, but <laughs> yeah, the natural cork—it's like a Birkenstock. Uh-huh. You know, this isn't foam rubber. This just looks like cork. Is is actual, cork. and um, so the comfort of the the gripping area, the, the grip, and other things like that. You poke around and you see what materials, price point, activity, and you just make a choice. Here's a funny story, these cork grips, one time um, customer service came into my office and they were laughing and they said, can we replace just the upper section for this guy on the Appalachian Trail? And I said, why, what's the matter? He went to a payphone. He got off the trail and went to a payphone. He said that something during the night went and completely ate all (laughs) of the cork off. We suspected it was a porcupine going after the salt.
0: After the salt. Yeah. Yeah. He had
1: had, he, he used his, you know, he, he, um, used him to prop up his tent. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you call the 800-255-9982 number there. It just came to me and they send you a new upper section on the next uh, part of your hike. They oh my actually goodness. do drops. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's That's awesome.
0: Warranty. Love it. This has been such a fun conversation. I've learned, I've learned so much myself. You know, I've, I've kind of started geeking out about the gear a little bit. Like I said, because my, my wife, um, you know, she shared what she's learned over time. You know, I'm getting more interested as I've gotten more into hiking, but I, I still, you know, this was still a great conversation for me. I learned so many little tidbits as well. So hopefully everybody else will feel like giving their knees a little break and, uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. trying something out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I hope so. And I really appreciate you taking the time to you know, expand what you're doing here. You've got a, a great platform and even your colleagues in that uh, one podcast you had, they were all over it. So you're, you're heading in the right direction. And um, I'm glad I wasn't a drag. Wait, here comes my physics joke. I'm glad I wasn't a drag. That would be low terminal velocity. Is that oh, right? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm glad yep. it wasn't a drag.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's not not too far off of friction force to talk about drag force. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
0: All right. <laughs> I gl- Excellent. You looked up a joke just for the episode. That's great. I
1: did. I did. I did. Brad, it has been such a pleasure. All
0: right. Thank you so much. Thank you, so you much. for inviting me. Oh, my goodness, Lindy. That was so much fun. Thank you for that amazing conversation. Uh, As much as I love speaking with educators, I have to say it was refreshing to get to speak with somebody outside the educational world and have them look back in on what has been meaningful or not so meaningful in their life in education and the ways that they teach in, in their life. I mean, Lindy is a teacher she is absolutely a teacher in these fitness classes she has been absolutely a teacher with these trekking poles and i can see how she 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 tells stories and how she engages people and how she can really bring home a point oh my goodness she she's an amazing educator herself and i just really love this conversation and i absolutely want to be able to do more episodes like this that's something i look forward to doing if you've got some ideas for a topic I might I might look into, uh, let me know and and I'll I'll check it out and maybe I can get an episode together. So I've included links to the company Lakey and the poles that they gave me to try out in the show notes. The poles they provided were the Makalu Light Cortec poles, and honestly, they are the best poles I've ever owned. Lightweight, flexible, easy to adjust, and that egg shape on top that Lindy was talking about. I didn't pick up on it at first, but oh my gosh, in the last hike that I did, I think that grip is my favorite part. You know, when I'm going downhill and I can just put my hand on top, it's such a comfortable grip. And I feel like I have so much control. Oh my goodness. It was awesome. So great poles. You know, if you're interested, check them out. There's many different price points, uh, for, for poles, as she was saying. So you can find something that's, that's going to, to work for you. Before the episode, I also read some articles about trekking poles, so I've included those in the show notes as well. And although we didn't have a chance to discuss these findings in the episode, I found them really informative and interesting. So you might check them out if you are a student doing a project or a teacher looking for more for more info to share with the class. You can find the show notes on your podcast app or go to physicsalive.com poles. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so that you can stay up to date with each episode as it comes out. You can also find updates at Physics Alive on Twitter. That's a great place to comment on the episode and keep the conversation going. You can also reach me at brad at physicsalive.com. If you enjoy the show, leave a five-star rating on your podcast app. This will ensure that Rudolph's nose will remain bright and shining for years to come. Or it will help more educators find the show. It's one of the two. Thanks again for listening in, and I hope you've been inspired to bring the topic of trekking poles into your class. Or maybe to even try out some poles for yourself. Your knees are going to thank you. Please join me again for the next episode of Physics Alive. Until then, may you ever find joy in a quiet woodland and be well.